Not really. Country Grammar was uh, was like a, an album that came out like when we I was were, younger. So we it was like all about it. <laughs> oh, about the about the slang and the and the way to pronounce certain words. No, but Country Grammar. Oh, is that what you wanted to? Is that was the point you were getting to? No, not uh, at all. I didn't really care about that part. But you're not really country, though. I'm not. So then, why did you bring it up? What's that have to do with country? It's a rap album. The, no, no, the name of the album was called Country Grammar. Yeah. What? Then it's what are we talking about? I really don't know. Wait, so, <laughs> they're from like, t- uh, like Memphis. Are you from no, Memphis? from Missouri? Huh? From, she's from, he's from. Uh, they're they're the St. Lunatics, St. Louis. Oh yeah, St. Louis. Yeah okay. I'm from Kansas City. Missouri. But that's not St. Louis. Yeah. So what's your association with Nelly? Nothing. I just liked them. Because they were from your home state? No, because I liked them. Oh. <laughs> okay. But well. enhanced because they were from a home state, I guess. Maybe later. <laughs> okay. Do you still follow him? No. <laughs> I don't even know if he's been... He's still making albums. I don't know. I don't know either. That's why I'm asking you. Supposedly he's like... He was drafted by... I think... I think the Cardinals actually... Like for, a baseball team. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. I wasn't drafted to a, a baseball team, so... Can you play? No. I That's can't catch. probably I why. Can't, I can't catch. I can't <laughs> field. I was actually a pretty... I was a decent hitter, but I couldn't do the other stuff. So, hmm. it, it was very confusing. I could catch. I can't, I can't catch very well. I can you catch know, I used football. to coach Little League team. What? Yeah. That's interesting. When I was in North Carolina, I coached a Little League team. Guess what? You don't sports. We were undefeated. Oh. Why? Because I taught them the, the, the essentials. Because you scared the other teams into forfeiting? No, actually, it got to a point where we were winning so much that out of uh, like good sportsmanship, we started to rotate all the people from the outside field, like all the kids that were afraid to catch balls and who didn't really uh, want to yeah. throw, those kinds of kids. We brought all those kids in, and even then, we still were winning. But at the, it was giving these kids like confidence chances, and it was also giving the other kids a chance to score because you know sometimes the score runs up a little too high, and then you kind of like, oh shoot, we gotta start cutting this <laughs> down because you don't want to you don't want to break kids' spirit. In, Dude, in, when when I was a game. kid, I wasn't afraid to catch it. <laughs> I just couldn't catch it. There's like one time it like a pop fly like hit me in the face because I couldn't catch it. It's pretty. You sad. know what? When I was younger, I got hit in the face with the baseball and mm-hmm. I lost half of my front tooth. Um, and since then, I've been able to catch baseball really well. One time when I was younger, I fell off the bunk bed mm-hmm. and I lost half my tooth. Hey, half tooth brothers. Yeah. Except for not anymore because you know. Anyways, we lose those. Yeah. So. So, oh no, mine was when I was like twelve or thirteen. Oh really? So it's I have that that a fake tooth. From, oh. Well, not fake. It's a crown on top yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Fun stuff. I didn't so know this that. has nothing to do with Final Fantasy Three. No. How are you doing? You want to? You, I'm good. My name you know is what Will. Else? <laughs> What's I, your my name? name? Is David. <laughs> His is Will. I, I probably cut. I probably cut him off. As he usually does. Which? Do we? Should we ever say our last names? No. Oh. Well, like, like the other podcast we listen to, like they say their full name, right? But I, but I guess also they're writing like, articles too. Yeah, they're also journalists who that that's their brand is actually. So their as name. soon as I become a journalist, I should start saying my full name. You should say whatever name you Esquire. put on the articles that you write. Mm. And I think, well, because think about it. Like for us, if I say my Twitter handle, then 
that's what I that's what's associated with my personality yeah, or with my except persona. for on your Twitter it actually says your first and last name. That's fine. Yeah, I don't. The thing is, I don't mind that, but how you find it is through my Twitter handle. So you can stalk Will at Finnerbane, F Y N R I R B A N E. You can also stalk me at NVG Dave. Yeah, but I don't think his wife would like that very much. I think I still feel like there needs. Maybe I should just switch it to nvgdave.com. Like, that's my handle. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> that's just weird. But it oh, seems... actually spell out dot com? Yeah. Oh, I could spell it. Yeah. Like yeah. a D-O-T. Yeah. yeah. That's how you spell dot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, speaking of spelling things. So, yes. <laughs> so I had a I had a student come in the other day, and, uh, and I, like, tried saying their last name. But mm-hmm. then, you know, it's, like, the ultra long name. Mm-hmm. But then when they actually say it and you look at it, you're like, oh. Oh, they say it and it's like two syllables and you're like, huh? No. Well, yeah, there's those too. But then like if I just said it, if I just sounded it out phonetically in my head, I would have been able to figure it out. But you're looking at it as a whole. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, our, I think our brains are so used to just memorizing all these words mm-hmm. that that's automatically what we do and we don't sound things out anymore. Yeah, I once think you that's get why... past a certain stage in your life, you just actually... you've. You figure everything that looks like this should sound like this, and you just go through it. But when you're younger, everything's phonetics. Everything yeah. is. What does a ph sound like? What does a what does a ch sound like? What does a an a next to yeah. this sound like? But when you get older, you're just like, that looks like branch. It should sound like branch. <laughs> you know. I I don't know. I was just I was thinking about that because I know that I was talking to her and she's like, yeah, everyone mispronounces is kind of annoying. And I was like, why do we, why does everybody do that? Why don't we ever use the skill that we actually learned in school and because we're lazy i think that's why it always reminds me lazy of, and it's all patterns yeah you ever have you ever heard of uh <laughs> have you ever heard of uh mike verbiglia yes you try to bring him up a lot of times oh really okay no i just but i don't well he, i've never listened he to talks him. about his his name in his po- in his podcast uh in his stand-up act and how everyone every, every time someone tries to call him they like look at it and they're like oh crap how do you say that so yeah Anyway, so did you know my son's turning three today? Or not today, this year? It would have been better if it would have been today, because <laughs> that would have been pretty awesome. But I kind of knew that, yeah. Okay. Also, time flies, man. You, yep. have, you have a kid that's three years old. Yep. Did you also know that we're talking about Final Fantasy three today? Segway. It stops being a segue after you say segue. You <laughs> actually put the brakes on the segue when you talk when you call it a segue. Um, I also, like I did know we were talking about Final Fantasy <laughs> three, but I could have been mistaken. I might have thought this was the Little League Baseball um, <laughs> podcast. You know, maybe we can relate Little League Baseball to Final Fantasy three. Maybe that's our goal throughout the whole podcast. Sure, I'll try to figure it out as we I, go. I don't know how it's going to work. Oh, don't worry. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, it's six degrees of separation. I'll figure it out. <laughs> so this little uh, Final Fantasy three game, uh, little. So this large, extremely large Final yeah. Fantasy three game. Did you know it came out in 1990 on the Famicom in Japan? Actually, like when I saw the year, I was like, that seems relatively recent. But then I'm thinking about him, like, no, it's no, still that's... still thirty thirty something years. Almost ago. thirty years ago. Yeah. yeah. So did you know that it came out for the first time in the U.S. in 2003? When it came out on the DS, years right? later? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I had played it initially away, 
And, How? Huh? How? Oh, wait. Do you speak Japanese? Somewhat. I took four years of it. Oh, oh I took two. I don't remember um, and and then when a DS version came out, I like immediately bought that and beat that probably within the next or the first like week or two. Oh, wait, a Final Fantasy three for the DS, yeah. Oh, I didn't know you beat it. Yeah, th- oh, three is three was one of the. I mean, aside of one, three was one of the first like the old school ones that I beat. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that's interesting. I love that game. Still do. I'm playing it again now. So the first time you played it was on the DS. No. Okay, sorry. I, got I played confused. it through other means. Okay, got it. <laughs> I got it. But not using your Japanese skills. Partially. Part. Hmm. Weren't, well, it wasn't. It wasn't fully translated yet. This is a mystery. A mystery box. <laughs> sure. Um, what was the first time you played it? <laughs> I played it on the DS in 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 uh, in that. Yeah, in the DS, and uh, I guess like when they did put it to the ds they were like oh my gosh this game is super old like american audience is gonna hate this game also you said 2003 are you sure it was 2003 i'm pretty sure i think it was like 2006 but continue. dude i put in effort <laughs> to reach all research all this i think it's 2003 Ooh. <laughs> okay but okay. Uh, yeah they they thought the american audience was wasn't gonna like it so they actually you know they wanted to keep the purists happy and so they but that they updated it a bit they did not update it much. I think they said that they updated it, but they did not change much about that game. You're right. Well, no, they well, they did. They did. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Sure. I will say this, though, for uh, it being an original NES game, I kind of thought it looked amazing. Okay, so all the research you put into it was invalid because the game came out in, the, in North America on the DS in 2006. No. Damn it. So I thought it was 2006 because 2003 would have been in the middle of my high school. That's crazy. So 16 years later? Yeah. 2006 Uh, was after I had left college the first time. And that's when I had bought a DS so that I could play Final Fantasy 3. So so did you... Have you seen the original lately though? Hmm? Have you seen the original Famicom version lately? Yes. Like it really doesn't look that dumbed down from like Final Fantasy 4. Like... It looks way better than Final Fantasy 1, obviously. Yes. But just like Square Enix does in all its games, like if it's the end of the cycle game, it just it looks so amazing compared to all mm. the other games out there. Well, I mean, we I talked, it like a we talked about game. it. Right. We talked yeah. about it in the, in the previous uh, Final Fantasy episode that I had played 3 before I played 2 or 1. And 3 was... I think probably the reason why I didn't like one or two very much because three was just so good. And it fixed the auto target targeting system. Yes. Yeah, that helps a lot. Um, also, it um, one of the things I said in the Final Fantasy two podcast that I wanted to roll back is that in the DS version they took away. I think they. I thought they went back to mana, but mm. they definitely went. They kept with charges, which yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. completely about, and until I started playing it again, and I'm like, oh, I still like it, because. Um, <laughs> I mean, my only gripe about that game is that there weren't as many or enough save points. But otherwise, the, the update for the game was. Well, that's, you can pretty much end it now. The whole hmm? podcast. Oh, that's yeah. it in a nutshell. It's a good game. It's a no very good, points. great, very good game with too little save points. I almost feel like the DS version they should have just put more save points, but the DS version added quick saves so you could just 
right like, close the... but that doesn't really work as the same. it doesn't yeah because yeah. you can't go back to that save you can it's... only just like I mean, you can suspend ca- it. you can close the ds and it has the same effect right it's, it's just, just like just a suspend to... feature yeah. yeah you're just trying to ensure that it'll have the same effect even if the power dies on it mm-hmm. so uh so in the original famicom version so when you change your class um like all your equipment went bye-bye mm-hmm. does that happen in the ds or does it like does it optimize automatically it tells you, you change classes no it tells you when you're changing classes that it's about to remove all your equipment oh and then it just, so it just tells you it's happening yeah then it, it removes all, annoying it removes all your equipment and then you have to go back in the thing about um, a multi-class game is that it's hard to optimize equipment because you are assuming that the player that is playing that class wants to play it that way yeah but even though technically the ai or you know the built-in thing should say that when you switch to a fighter your prior or your when you switch to a knight you're prioritizing defense because mm. that's it's a it's a tanky class but technically in final fantasy 4 they do this weird thing where they have classes but the classes but they play it in whoa a, in whoa, a whoa, almost whoa whoa final fantasy 4 doesn't exist Sorry. yet in Final Fantasy three, they have <laughs> classes, but they play it in an almost classless way. In that, a like a, a fighter can equip a, a variety of weapons. Mm. They just may not be as effective with them. And right. like, so if you equip a fighter with a with two long swords, they will do damage. But that those two long swords in the hands of a uh, like a red mage, mm. ton more damage. Because Red Mage is more prone to multiple hits. Oh, okay. Whereas a fighter just has um, has the ability to carry the the bigger shields and the, and wear the heavier armor. Right. So the fighter is built for defense. So if you could play it with two swords or you play it with a shield, and I think that's the reason why it's hard to optimize it because you can't really tell what the player wants to do because there are different ways to play it. But there's also still the, the a- there's still the sorry there's still the aspect of like. You could change the class, and then at least it warns you. Like in the original, it doesn't warn you, but but if it optimized, at least if you forgot, yeah, at least you don't go into the next battle and you're screwed. At least right, they tell you up front that it's yeah, about to remove all your yeah. equipment. So I also, guess that's better than nothing. Also, um, one of the things I found out in the in the DS thing, and then I wasn't sure if it was in the original version, was that when you change classes, there's a two battle uh, recovery phase. Um, so in those two battles, that class is, uh, a lot weaker. It's almost like a, a transition period to the new class. I oh, think, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this prevents people from g- going through a dungeon with their heavy hidden class and then getting to the boss and then switching to the new class and, and just doing that. Or then just kind of like the, uh... So, like, you, I think you were you were saying it before the podcast, like, where it seems like certain bosses need certain classes mm, to, yeah. to beat them, they're kind of combating that a little bit, so at least, like, kind of getting you to learn the classes. Also, classes have their own levels, so technically, even if you switched to a black mage because it was ideal to beat something, if you're only level one, job level one for your black mage, then you really won't do that much, because yeah. you can't even use all the skills that you want to use to beat them. Um I don't know. The game has a lot of fail safes to prevent yeah. you from from cheesing things. Fail safes, but then at the same time, like it, it leads to grinding and yeah. I think that this game, the grinding in it, it because it's. I think it's re- it's rewarding enough, and that whole system of 
that stopped like right after Final Fantasy 3 where when you do a regular attack um, if you are efficient enough it does that one two three four five six seven kind of right, right right that thing that system is rewarding because when you're grinding your job leveling up so a red mage can't when they're getting job level up not only do they get access to higher level skills they also get a higher chance to hit more times sure whereas there's other classes like say for instance the I think every job actually does that. They have a higher chance to hit multiple times. Right. But maybe the the knight or the the fighter takes longer to get there. Right. Um. And like even the white mage gets the ability to do it, but it takes a little bit longer. But they still don't do a lot of damage. But the monk, almost off the bat, you're 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 off you're 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 uh, you're off the off the lines, and you're already hitting four or five times in a row. I, and I have like a whole segment on classes. Okay. That's <laughs> later fine. on. It's okay. Um, so something that uh, was, so we're talking about on the Final Fantasy Two podcast, how in that game they had that remember that word system, yeah, which, like I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool, that's kind of novel, and you're it's, like, I'm not having it. Yeah, I think it's nifty, but execute. I told you before, its execution was bad. Yeah, they could have made it. They could have gamified it more, but instead turned into it like a, like a weird text adventure. You know what they could have done. Hmm. They could have had NPCs join your party instead, and so that way that can change the dialogue with other people. Yeah, yeah, and that's what they did in Final Fantasy III. Dang it, you beat me! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and actually in the remake, so so in the original, they just they just joined your party and that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but in the remake, they actually like randomly helped your battle yeah. when you didn't need them, of course. Man, talk about certain characters jumping in and just going oh i can help you and then using thunder and you're like no no (laughs) thunder all like heals the enemy (laughs) well i think well there's a thing that i think they can use at least two abilities and i think um they they'll never heal but sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll just be like i didn't need you here i needed you in that last battle right right or or they'll wait until you have the uh, i don't know three of the four enemies down and then they attack and you're like really dude (laughs) sure really um even though like the first person that joins your party the princess Mm -hmm. she actually heals you which is like a a godsend early early on in the game (laughs) right after you've been healed though yeah most of the time (laughs) but still it happens and it's nice Uh, on sometime on some occasions it's good i mean they they probably need to work on that ai a little bit but you know so something that i'm sure and i don't know if you i'm sure you noticed i i know you will knows everything and notices everything uh but uh in this Not game, they, <laughs> in this game, they have uh, secret passages, and I don't think they had that in the first and second one. Um, I don't recall them having it in the first and second but, one, but I do remember playing it on uh, on the NES and <laughs> and finding those passages and how it was just like a a tile with semi or like parts of the tile yeah. were transparent, but you couldn't tell because the layer underneath that tile was the right color to make mm-hmm. it seem like it wasn't but then right. when you you walked over that bottom tile then you saw yourself through the through the like the rock tile or whatever <laughs> yeah. and then it was just like you're walking over black screen until you got to a new place and and your excitement level is like through 10, the roof maybe also, even 11 also that game does a one does one of the things that I was talking about in Final Fantasy 2 episode and maybe even Final Fantasy 1 episode which I will always talk about and there's that that's rewarding exploration mm-hmm. so when you found these places when you found the candlestick that opened the secret passage or something 
when you walked down that thing, it wasn't one box. It was sixteen boxes. That that was uh that that's what I was trying to lead into. I I thought you thought of that. Yeah, it's um, it's well, so gratifying. The, the path, yeah, the paths. There's not like empty paths. Yeah. as much. Oh, and when you get the stuff, most of the time, especially Final Fantasy three did this thing where they give you all these classes, but they don't necessarily give you access to all of their equipment. Mm. Uh, the monk being a very big example of this because right. the monk technically their attack is based on. Um, just pure attack. They can attack without weapons. But if you give them weapons, suddenly that attack skyrockets even more and they start to become somewhat of a glass cannon. And then you're like, I just need more. I need them to have more armor. But if you're searching these for these secret passages, you're searching for... Like, you find good weapons. Mm-hmm. You find right. you find all of their equipment. That And that's another thing. They made it kind of where if you explore, you may not ever have to buy equipment. You could probably You could probably get through majority of final fantasy 3 without buying equipment for your classes was kind of crazy yeah i liked it though but it's it, the thing is you had to explore mm. and once you explored then the rest of that exploration was super easy once you got uh well that's what you want that's i mean when you're a designer you want the players to explore your your world yeah but then if you reward them well enough then they will continue to explore because they're realizing that my exploration yields great rewards and these great rewards help me to get through the game also, most video games are about giving the player power. And in this case, it's literal power because your attack power is higher and you're able to get through creatures quicker. And you're able to... Okay, so this game has the, the charges system, which I think we'll get into a little bit yeah, later. We'll later. But the game also rewards you for equipping good weapons right. in that, that, that attack system that I was talking about earlier. It Again, it's satisfying to see you get eight hits. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And then, and if you're getting eight hits with normal weapons, and then you're you upgrade your those Omni weapons, slash. yeah, and then you and you get you upgrade that weapon. So suddenly your eight hits goes from a hundred damage to two hundred damage, because I don't know you explored an extra thing and you found the freezing blade. And everybody and you're in a uh, an, a fire dungeon and you're like, first of all, how is this freezing blade existing here? But oh well. <laughs> um, and suddenly you're doing actually like in a newer ton game, more damage in a newer game. It, like. Sorry, I just thought of this. It would be yeah. awesome if you have this like 3D fire dungeon and in this 3D fire dungeon or whatever, you have this ice sword like sticking in the ground. And it's like repelling all the flames away from it and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That would be pretty cool. Looking. Yeah. The effect would be pretty cool to have that, have that little bubble and like cooled lava all around that one specific yeah. spot. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's, it sounds very epic, and it's very in your lane of making everything <laughs> very much cinematic looking. And, yes. Yeah, <laughs> probably playing with some particle effects and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. All those particle effects. Man, talk about! I wish I had the ability <laughs> to make particle effects and or efficiently and and like actually like draw them and implement them into a three D game to where like the the game net. I don't know, like real life has particle effects going on everywhere mm-hmm. whether it be dust reflected and they're not as cool as, as square enix particle effects though okay so i booted up final fantasy 14 today and i won't talk about it too much because we'll talk about it in that episode it doesn't exist yet so we're talking about we haven't gotten there yet um because we're from we're in the past right now mm-hmm. we exist when final fantasy 3 came to the u.s because right. we would have never otherwise machine. played it um <laughs> Square Enix has this thing about particle effects in general, and yeah. I don't know if it maybe maybe it's actually Japanese companies in general that spend a lot of time and effort putting particle effects for fantasy settings that are 
like particle effects, sound effects. I mean, even we can go to Final Fantasy three. The skills they're just beautiful. I don't I mean, there's something to be said about rewarding the player for finally making it to be able to use level four spells and then you go from this little poof of a flame to suddenly <laughs> like a like a blaze. Yeah, and you're like, Oh my gosh and you like you can feel <laughs> that you, just happened. Yeah, exactly. And the Final Fan, or the D S version did this thing where occasionally you'll cast spells and most of the time it's just your guy steps up, casts a spell, boom, does a thing. But then occasionally it'll black out the screen and it'll show you charging up your thing and it'll like it does the special mm. effects and all this thing and then it does the, the the attack on them and it goes back to the normal screen but it gives you that, that feel of epicness mind you i don't think it's all like critical hits or anything like that it's just a random thing to add flavor to the game i mean uh, i will sing final fantasy 3's praises forever because i love that game yeah but yeah so, it's, it's such a good game so we're talking about you know we're talking about things that are rewarding where you know, we're talking about you know like Findings, hidden passage, they're rewarding. Or particle effects, and they're rewarding. They're rewarding. <laughs> you know what's not rewarding? What? Uh, getting farther into the game, and then all of a sudden, like, the pacing for level gains, like, nice. And then all of a sudden, you get to a certain place, and you're like, yeah, I have to grind for, like, five hours to, to get through this. Um, I mean, five hours is a little exaggeration, but I do think there are certain points in have the you, game that do force dungeon? you to grind. Uh, well... The thing is, for me, and it's because of how I played the game, is you can actually get rid of all the grinding for that game if you fully explore all the dungeons. Because it forces you to take on more encounters. Um, so there are certain dungeons where maybe the enemies are too hard for you, so you just don't do it. Right. Um, a lot of people, like myself, rush through two early dungeons in the game and that is the one where you have to turn mini and the one where you have to turn into a, f- a frog a frog mm. both of those can be counteract or the frog well no when you turn into a frog you just go straight down and you can turn right back from a frog oh yeah the min there's too many dungeons i think there's a neptu nepto dungeon from the for the shrine mm-hmm. and i think there's another place where you have to make yourself mini to go to uh to like a mini village or whatever right, right? Which uh, actually, I I actually think the whole mini things like a cool idea. It's it is a cool idea because it doesn't assume that the player has a thing. It actually forces you to go get the thing mm-hmm. to well, do the things. <laughs> but again, if you play the game properly I, and you're exploring everything, you can actually get can the spell. You elaborate on those things. Um. Well, they force it, you to get a spell. Yeah, to like turn a yourself spell. Mini. Well, yeah, that too. But then it also forces you to um, utilize magic because you. Because in those areas, you have to stay mini. Right. And or, or here's the alternative that I took whenever I was playing it. And that's the reason why I have to grind now to beat mm. the boss that I'm at. Is because a lot of people tend to switch their classes for that. And they build around right. that. But then there's people like me who flee every battle and heal in between. Flee, heal, flee, heal. Right? Which is actually a viable way to beat the, or get through those through parts. Through that area. Right. Hmm. Mind you... You still kind of need a way to beat the last the last creature. But here's the thing: if you did enough exploring, you find um, items that do magic, and you just have the people who don't use magic use those items, right. and you can beat these bosses pretty quickly. Oh, okay. So you can do it that way. But if you do it where you're you're you uh like you turn your you turn your whole class into mages, if you do it that way, you can actually get through the thing. You're grinding. You're getting character levels. You're getting job levels, and those things can help you later on 
it prevents right. you from having to grind. The game itself is structured and very well balanced, whether it was intended or not, to reward the player. Actually, not to reward the player, to ensure that if the player does all the things, by the time they get to that cer- or each checkpoint, if you will, in the game, they should be able to do it without grinding. I do think there are certain parts in the game that actually almost encourage grinding, especially when you get new classes, mm-hmm. because the game kind of goes, don't you want to play with these? And they usually give you new equipment that can only be used by a certain class. So you're kind of like, oh, I want to play with like the scholar. Yeah. You get the scholar, and you I've already gotten like six books for the scholar, and I want to use those. So right. yeah, I'm going to go switch to the scholar, and I'm going to level it up. Now, the game didn't tell me I have to, but it does kind of, it, it incentivizes you to right, do it because right. now you have a class that does certain things new that you haven't been able to explore before. Um, anyways, yeah. So, so I, you're talking about how you're, you know, you like fleed from battle whenever yes. you're a mini. I just, I was just thinking about what it would look like if in real life, if you like, you shrunk yourself down and there's mm-hmm. all these monsters there and you're just like, and you're just like hightailing it through the whole place. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so something we for I mean we've got to point out is uh, so Final Fantasy One experience yes. points leveling out. Uh huh. Final Fantasy Two, no levels. Kind of yeah. Kind of yeah. Yeah. And then you get back to Final Fantasy Three, and yay, there's experience points again. Yeah, but this Final Fantasy Three did this really weird thing where you get experience from killing monsters for. The, for your character but then you get experience or what is commonly referred to in like the in the fandom as jp so job mm-hmm. points you get those they're background you don't know what they are you don't know how much until you get your next level um uh, what i was reading is somewhere it's a con- something similar to the final fantasy 2 um cheese right is that you can actually do attacks or you can like um if your character does enough actions during a battle, that can cause them to level up. So it typically, oh. so you get job points based on your character's actions, and those level up your job. So just your job, right? Not, right. Not necessarily the. No, the characters get a fixed amount of experience oh, points. I never noticed that. So the job points. So say for instance, you have a knight. I believe they get more job points for attacking. Um, as opposed to anything else that they can do, their advanced skill, which is right. in, in, in the DS version. Um, but like uh, like a white mage, they're going to always get job points for casting spells. Now, whether it be attack or otherwise, they're, they're, they're getting job points. Sure. Then you have the monk who's... Co- like my monk is my highest level one because they just get it from attacking. That's the only thing I ever had the monk do. Right. Why not? Um, and the red mage, I believe, gets more... Or no, gets a, I, an equal amount from both. I feel like yeah. you're getting really excited about these classes. Oh, I, so, I told you I love this game. <laughs> so, so you start off the game as they call it an Onion Knight, or in no, the DS you version, start off as a freelancer. Yeah, yes, in the regular one or the Famicom one, it's the Onion Knight. Yeah, but uh, so the freelancer is basically or just, Onion Kid or something like that, or it might be Onion Kid. But uh, basically, they're just it's just a person. <laughs> yeah, they don't really have any designation. But uh, we're gonna we're we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about classes. Ooh. It's exciting. So, we are back. 
I was gonna let David do it, but he's boring. And now this is boring because I'm explaining how boring David is. But we're back. Let's talk about Final Fantasy three classes. Oh my gosh, we're gonna talk about classes. That's freaking awesome. But we've already been talking about them. Ah, yeah. Did you know that there's 23 different classes? Quote unquote. <laughs> Quote unquote. <laughs> Uh, and then actually, like when I was thinking about that, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of classes. But then we didn't even talk about this in the Final Fantasy 1 podcast. There's actually 12 classes in that game. Yeah, because you get your the the ones that you can choose from and six. they will upgrade them. Yeah. 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 Final Fantasy 3 did that thing where, well, that Final, or that Square Enix has been doing, and will do does more so now, is that they take everything from the previous ones. They figure out how they can upgrade it. Then they iterate most of the things and they like flesh out all the things that weren't fleshed out before. Mm, so, right. um, like, I mean, Final Fantasy 3, I think, is you can almost use Final Fantasy 3 as like the starting point for where the Final Fantasy series began to. I think like it sprouted its legs finally and it was like, this is the kind of games that we're going to make. Right. These are all of the norms that will be in every Final Fantasy going forward. Which is sad that it took it took them so long to get that to North America. True, true, exactly. Like the thing that, in my opinion, started the good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I will still never say that Final Fantasy One sucks, but I do say that about two. Eh, but I'm gonna play it more so I can get a more educated opinion about it. Um, I do want to beat two just to kind of like say I've done it. But yeah, three, beautiful game. Um, one this is of the actually thing- the only one I have never beat. I beat three? every one of them except for this. Hmm. Oh, and Mystic Quest. You should. I have not beat Mystic Quest. I either. haven't beat that one. But you know, it's it's the one we forget about. Actually, when I rented it from the from the video store mm-hmm. a long time ago, the Mystic Quest one. Actually, someone was at the end, and so I said, "Screw it," and I just beat it with that file. Lame. Which. <laughs> Honestly, as an adult, I'm, if if someone did that, I'd be like, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. Yeah. But as a kid, I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, one of the things, since we're talking about classes, that Final Fantasy III established was that going forward, these will forever be the classes that are associated with Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Whether they've been used other places like D and D or or other or other like franchises and everything, these will always be uh, the classes. Even whenever we went to uh, uh, in in later Final Fantasies, like uh, character driven stories, right? It turned out that a lot of these characters were actually already archetyped based on the classes established in Final Fantasy three. Um, and I won't talk about that too much until we actually yeah. get to those Final not Fantasy. Not all but. of them. Not really all. Of, well, you might you might know a little bit better because you play fourteen, mm-hmm. but not all of them. But we'll yeah we'll get into that. Yeah, I well I mean okay. So the way I see it is if you look at well, I will give one example. Just uh, like so, even just the next one, they use uh, one, two, three four like five classes established in this game mm-hmm. mind you again they play around with the archetype a little bit but it's always like here's the basis so kind of like square enix said we've established these 23 like bases for a class right and going forward we don't have to say that so-and-so is a ninja mm-hmm. right exactly. but they they will inherit all of the ninja abilities we gave in the previous game although i think in the 
the game that's going to come out in Next. a couple years. Sure. Final Fantasy Four. Yes. <laughs> we'll probably have some kind of engine. Well, I think it. I think it actually says when you go to the status screen. Actually, I think if I remember right, it says what they are. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm, I, don't, I, don't I think remember when it that, says Callum and Porum, I actually think it says White Mage, Black Mage. I do not remember that, but I could be mistaken. I'm going to play that. I read in a magazine somewhere that those were the names of the characters. Sure. Why are we acting like game? we're in the past for reals? <laughs> Anyways. Um, I don't know. It just seemed fun. Yeah, I just it was kind of... Um, it's kind of nice to like to see, uh, kind of kind of see like a, a company establishing a framework going forward because, right. like writing stories is 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 all fine and dandy, but when it comes down to it, you still have the the mechanics are really heavy in these games, and I think for them it was like if we can spend more time on the stories and we can base it off of properties that we've already established, then like or base the like the mechanics themselves off of properties we've already established then we're spending more time on story and this game is definitely we'll talk about it a little bit later but definitely the story isn't like in the forefront the mechanics are in the forefront for this whole game and i I think that for this being a mechanics heavy game and then every game going forward from here being very story centric and building upon mechanics established in this game like you can tell they like okay we've got it and now 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 we probably hired three other storytellers or story writers and all these guys are getting more time to do all the things and to be able to establish these worlds we really love which i'm not going to say that it's not a world i don't love in final fantasy 3 um but you can tell they definitely improved upon that formula and going forward the mechanics in my opinion never had any problems Mm -hmm. it was always like well shoot Square Squaresoft or Square or Square Enix. Enix figured out we've got now that we've got the mechanics down. What people want is them to get better. Sure, and so that's what we'll do. And as and now that we have a, a solid foundation for what to build upon, and yeah, it, it yeah, these classes are beautiful in that way. And did so, you want to like go through each individual class or? Uh, so I was kind of looking, and I thought some of them were upgrades, but. They really are. Most of them are kind of distinct. But I will say this. You're talking about them working on a story. They do kind of seem like they have a little bit of a blueprint for story, too. Right. Again, this game is a really solid basis for establishing a lot of their base principles. Yeah. Um, I will say for story-wise, though, Final Fantasy 2 is where they really started writing stories. Um, right. One, again, it's a really basic story. It, it fulfills... Epic. What it fulfill it starts their tropes for Final Fantasy yes. for sure. Two builds upon characters and tries to establish more, more or less that people live in this world we've established. And then, and then in three we talk about later. Yeah, in three we'll talk. We'll talk about, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about later. Um, no, I just play it anyway. So for the for the classes, um, you actually have them um, divided out into physical and magical oriented classes. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, well, actually, in this game, they're called jobs, which yeah. I think we'll refer to them that going forward as jobs. Um, but the jobs in this game, I kind of like that they that they kind of made it even how they how they worked their physical and, and magical classes, almost giving you Well, jobs. they tried to, at least. Try to, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, I think as a modern gamer, I am more drawn to the to the baseline archetype classes like i just know i need a black mage i just know i need a white mage but back in the day when i first my fighter and then i need this guy that kind of actually you probably just have two fighters yeah 
Um, but it is, but I think fun. that back in the day, I did Red Mage because I found out that they could do both white and black magic. Um, mm. You know what? Let's just start with. So the when beginning. you went, when you did Final Fantasy One, did you? Yeah, I guess we just talk about the. We'll just start. Yeah. So uh, one so of the first ones is the is the warrior, and right. actually in the original NES version, like that dude could just attack. That's it. And I'm yeah. sure I'm sure he had different, you know, higher attack and defense, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then in the DS version, they actually gave him some skills. They gave him advance, which mm-hmm. actually like it strengthens you up and then lowers your defense. Right. As your job level get higher, what you're doing is you're sacrificing your defense uh, or a lot of your defense. I think it was like it's like 25 percent of your defense or something like that. And then as you got higher job level, it went from being like one point one times your attack to so all the way up to i think once you maxed out the job level it was like 2.5 attacks so now you're doing 2.5 damage at the sacrifice of 25 percent of your defense right which um it may not seem like a lot but considering that that class was made to to tank and it was made to take all the damage lowering your defense by 25 percent puts you at the same level if not less than some of your other classes and or jobs and that um, from a strategic mind is a big sacrifice but again it's one of those things where if you're like okay so if i'm going to sacrifice his defense i'm probably going to do this towards the end of a battle you know i'm probably going to do this as a last resort i'm probably going to do this if my people are just getting low in health i really just need to do Did as much damage as possible it? i do oh really i so, use it i use it consistently i don't so my logic behind it i never use one or something like that because because it takes a you takes a turn you have to select advance advance and that eats a turn and in my head well that's just taken away from me doing damage damage oh, no. advance is an attack advance is an attack yes we'll say okay so in other ones you hit advance you do advance oh you do enrage yeah and that is a skill and then that w- that burns a turn so i must right. have never there's used another it. class that we'll talk about that does something similar to i must have never used it because i assume that's what it did yeah. i assume that you that's another thing yeah. that I will say about the DS version is that they introduce these things, and I think you have to find the right NPC that explains that attack to you. Mm-hmm. There's a little dwarf in village that once you get new classes, you can talk to this mage-looking guy um, in like these blue robes, and he'll explain every class and their special attack, which it's a little weird to me that they don't explain it really in the game. Um, and I think maybe you can dig... I think I'm... I'm I'll have to look at this uh, on our next break, but I think you can go into the options and find out what what their what abilities do. do. Yeah. Um, but I would. Think I don't that, read that stuff. Right. I would. <laughs> you would. You would think you'd, you'd want it like like when you're selecting classes, it explains. Oh, this has a special ability. It does this, and they have higher defense, or you know that kind of thing. Like a full explanation of what a class is. I love and like. I mean, this is a newer game, but I love in like the new God of War game where. Mm-hmm. You have a new skill or whatever, and it shows like a video preview of what oh, yeah. happens. It's lovely. I, I love those love kinds of things. Stuff. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it didn't really explain that, but uh, but yeah. So I had to actually look up what Advance did before I ever used it, and then when I found out what it used, I was like, oh, it's like a it's like a last ditch, like it's a hoorah kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you you're gonna make do as much damage as possible. But a lot of the tutorials about this, they they very much explain it outright that it's not a it's not an ability you just use every turn unless right. you don't really care about your defense and you're so you're going to so glass so cannon each it. time you use it does the strength go up and defense not go very down? clear not very clear yeah. i think there's a there's a cap to where maybe it lowers it down at the most to 50% 
or something like that. <laughs> I, I never used that. Maybe I had two monks. Yeah, I have. So. I had, okay. well, I guess we could start off by saying what my party was. I was uh, okay. a warrior. At the very beginning. Yeah, warrior, yeah. black mage, white mage. Oh no, sorry, warrior, white mage, monk, and red mage. So, uh, and those. So the classes that you originally get in this one is the warrior, monk, white mage, black mage, red mage, and the thief. But actually, in the seems like a lot, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the original six from right, right, Final right. Fantasy One. But uh, in the any or in the Famicom version, uh, you yeah. actually don't get the thief at the beginning. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, no, for real. I you get that. the. Oh, I was gonna say you get the thief. I think you got. I was gonna in say. I think you get the thief yeah, in the range fire, fire crystal yeah. from the fire crystal. But uh, so going back to that that monk, it so he didn't have a special ability either, separate from the from the fighter or right. from the warrior. Uh, but in the DS version, they give him uh, retaliate, which I hate. Really? Because it's it's actually akin to what you said earlier and what I said in the Final Fantasy II episode about the economy of turns. Mm-hmm. And it gives you retaliate, right? Which gives you the ability to counteract. Right. But, but it, it also you, defends. Yeah, but it also gives you double damage, too. If they hit yes. you. Yes. If they hit you. Yeah. And there's something about the, the AI in this game that I swear <laughs> it knows when not to hit you. Just, just and like it knows your, uh, when to hit you. Just like when your your bonus party like heals you after you've been healed. Right. Yeah. This game, like, oh, especially the DS version. Like, okay, so say, for instance, I did retaliate. I swear this monster hits every person. <laughs> will use all of its turns to hit everybody but that person. So yeah. then you've lost a turn. Now, if retaliate gave you the, like, a quote-unquote uh, counteract, a counterattack state and then allowed you to attack once or something like that, then that'd be something different because you're not losing that turn to a possibility to retaliate, yeah. you know? All right. Um, but otherwise, it was I really don't know if I used that either. I didn't. I still don't. I mean, I like the attack. I think it I works. Used, I think I use it during boss battles. I can't use it during boss battles because then I've... The, my monk is such a high damage dealer to mm-hmm. lose that turn with the possibility of dealing higher damage. It's not, it's not what I'm about. I mean, you can kill off all your other party members and just leave the monk alive. Actually, That's what I was actually thinking. If you actually, if you, you had an option for a smaller party, now if you had four monks mm-hmm. all fully equipped and retaliating and retaliating, I'm pretty sure that's like an OP build yeah. because that would mean that because retaliating also raises your defense. But it probably I bet retaliate only happen, works with physical attacks. Which I, I, I don't the, know. I, I didn't don't check know. that out at the beginning of the game. Well, that's typically what happens later yeah. on the game. More enemies start casting magic or whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving past that one. Next one's um, I, I wrote down was the ranger, and okay. that one shoots arrows and can be can be in the back row. And one of its its tack is uh, barrage, so it just shoots four random arrows at enemies, mm-hmm. which I it, actually love those type of attacks. Oh, they also in the NES version, uh, it had my, white magic one through three. Is that in the same in the DS? Um, I haven't unlocked that in the DS version again. I it's been a while since I beat the game right. back in the day on the DS, mm-hmm. and I'm playing it again, and I haven't gotten that. I I'm literally stuck on the Salamander boss, which actually gives you the fire crystal abilities, and yeah. Oh, it can use the boomerang too. I wrote that down. Specifically. The ranger can. Yeah. For some reason, cool. I like boomerangs in games. Um, the thing is, I always gravitate towards characters that use bow and arrow because I just love range attacks or whatever. Um, but when I was reading about the ranger class in the DS version, as I've gotten older, 
like I kind of like to see what other people think about these things. When I was younger and I first played it, didn't care about the online yeah. things. I think I went on to GameFAQs back in the day to to figure out like where all the secret stuff was in the DS version because I had already beat it on on NES. And so I was just like, oh, this is fine, right? Because um, now I'm just trying to get the most out of a game I've already beaten. Um, but of course they added new stuff and and new treasures to find and stuff. So I wanted to get the the tutorial on that. Um, I think I actually bought the strategy guide for that. I don't know where that is, if I even have that anymore. Um, anyway, so the ranger, it's one of those uh, weird classes where you have to have ammo for the class. So you almost invalidate the class if you don't have enough to get. Yeah. Well, cause the thing about it, I think the arrows occupy the same space as like Magic. spell slots. Yeah. yeah. So for them, they were like, we want the ranger to have high attack, high critical ability, and like to be able to kick butt. So, in, if in order to do that, we have to balance it out by giving them a a resource based ability or a way to kick butt. Because at some point, things like that would be considered overpowered if the class has no no drawback. And I think that's a nice thing they've done about a lot of the classes in this game. Um, and which they've balanced even more in going into the DS version, is they took things away to make sure that you can't just have one class that can mow through all the things. Right, yeah. Like the warrior has an actual lower attack, um, a l lower attack curve, but a higher defense curve. So to give you the actual utility of a tank without quite telling you it's a tank. Right. Um, and the ranger, uh, high attack, high crit, with low health, and um and then charges associated with their high attacks so i.e the arrows i bet in future games they're way better of telling you this information though yes yeah. they are so uh so moving on to the the next one's the knight which uh i heard like actually it looks just like the paladin mm -hmm. it looks just like cecil from that final fantasy 4 game yeah that one game which spoiler <laughs> Which, uh, like I said, like that's that was part of why I thought that um, it looked so good. I was like, wow, you know, I, I'm seeing this stuff in Final Fantasy IV, and you have it in Final Fantasy III. Yeah, totally different console or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, and that one works pretty much the same. It can it can do cover, it can do defend, do level one white magic. So if you, okay, so it's basically so, a paladin, right? Now the knight, um, like we were talking about earlier, where paladin. we start to get into. Hmm? <laughs> Go ahead. We were talking about earlier. We start to get into the "quote unquote" duplicate classes or upgraded right. classes. Which so it the knight turns out it's not really though. It I isn't. Mean, it is, but isn't. But utility-wise, the knight is right. an upgraded version of the warrior in terms of another tank class. Yeah, it still has the defend as its main. Right. So you yeah. would probably think that if you have a dedicated tank in your party, you switch them from which would more than likely be the warrior. Do you switch that to uh, to the knight? Or another class we'll get to, and I'll talk about when we get to that, that maybe you want a tank that does high damage as well mm -hmm. um, at the sacrifice of like an HP pool, I believe. Um, but uh, we'll get we'll get to that. But the knight, yeah, high defense, um, the ability to actually cover, which is guarding your other people. Um, I think typically the conditions for that is when they're at lower health. Yeah, when they're critical. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, it's one of those abilities, again, still an iconic ability. Yeah, oh, totally. They're establishing. Uh, well, I think in the the Famicom version they didn't actually have that ability, but or they might have had it. It was inherited, I think. No, they could cover, mm -hmm. but it wasn't something you could trigger, or something that you would like put that status effect on you to to make sure that you can cover. 
Um, but yeah, high attack or medium attack, high, high defense. defense. Yeah. yeah. And was then their, uh, their, their drawing point. Yeah. And then, well, then, you know, the monk's kind of the opposite where it's, it's high attack and I guess medium defense. High attack, medium defense, yeah. high um, hit rate, I believe is what they get. And then uh, just going back to the monk, the, uh, the upgraded version of that would be the black belt. I guess we should just do it that way. No. No. Okay. We can we can keep on going. We'll get, we'll get to the black belt eventually. Okay. The black belt has another upgrade. As okay. Well. So another one is the thief, which that's pretty self-explanatory. I was gonna say everybody knows what the thief is. Yeah. The only problem what with can the thief do? in Final Fantasy, they can steal. Oh. Uh, the only problem is Final Fantasy three didn't fully flesh that out. They wanted it to be able to steal and they wanted it to be able to mug, but unfortunately they didn't give you really a reason to do it. Yeah, because you can just steal like lower class items yeah it was always like a potion or something and right. it was never quite like what the later iterations of the game did when they when they integrated stealing is they kind of gave you like a pool to to draw from or they made it to where like certain armors or certain weapons were only stealable so, from certain characters so the uh so stealing is kind of boring right in this one relatively yeah yeah Con- like- considering that all the other abilities have like actual effects what if you could steal magic from the enemy? Or draw it from them? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, uh, that, yeah. That might know. be, I don't know, five episodes or five Final Fantasies from now? I don't know. I know math. Okay. Actually, <laughs> so when, used to, when I used to serve, like if their tab was like 20 bucks and yeah. then they wanted to give me a $5 tip, they would put 20 bucks or 20 bucks in the total and then they'll put the subtotal is 25 bucks and then they'd write in, I know math in the tip part. It happened quite a bit, actually. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> moving on to that, uh, my favorite class, well, maybe not favorite class, but the one that s- just seems the coolest is the Dragoon. It had one of the coolest abilities, too. Oh, yeah, totally. The, the jump ability. Oh, I, I mean, it's it's totally strategic, you know? Right. Also, it's funny, though, because if you think about it, I don't believe they had that in the Famicom version. And when they did the DS version, they took the, the jump ability, which was established in Final Fantasy IV. No, no, no. It was originally there. Right? In the Famicom version. Yep. Okay. Yep. I don't remember having it, but okay. No, it was there. Trust me. I trust you as I've as much as I trusted you about 2003, the game. <laughs> no, no, this one's for real. Yeah, I know. it's. Uh, so, Jeez. uh... So the weird thing about the jump ability is, for some reason, like if the enemy's weak to wind, it has a- added effect, which just seems weird. Well, but I, I mean, guess you're coming flying, down with a lot of force, and I don't know. Yeah. It seems weird. I and mean, all like the flying enemies, I think they're weak to wind, so flying yeah. enemies. Are yeah, just I think thing. I think I saw a table. There's there's a couple tables for. Oh no, I was looking at a Final Fantasy Seven, my old Final Fantasy Seven unauthorized mm. strategy card guide, and they tell you unauthorized, unauthorized. It's the best one. It's the huh. versus seven. I'll have to show it to you sometime. Okay, it's pretty cool. I'm um, intrigued. Um, so they like had a chart that laid out like all the elements, and then how many percentage wise enemies were weak against that element. Right. Kind of like what materia should you uh, prioritize yeah, yeah, upgrading? That being said. It's funny. What's materia? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Gosh. Well, I guess we'll have to find out in the Final Fantasy VII episode. Um, so, one of the things I like, or that I found out about this game, is that 
there's there is a point and this kind of like helped me when as i was like just designing mechanics there's a point right. where you have too many elements and i think we actually talked about yeah, it before yeah, the podcast talk, started talk about that um too many elements and it makes it hard to like then it suddenly you have to make 16 billion abilities because now you have to make it to where everybody can somehow do something to the weakness and you don't ever want to invalidate a character because they don't know they're only like oh they only have wind attacks and let's, only one person is weak against wind all right let's see you how know? many we can come up with so earth wind fire water heart. ice, heart <laughs> light dark what am i missing there's gotta be lightning more. I think I said lightning, but I'll add it again. Um, Let's plasma. just do lightning returns. Oh, plasma, poison. Um, plasma? I don't know. I've seen it in the game. Plasma? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, we're naming everyone we've seen? Yeah. So then That's we, then we just go to Pokemon. Oh, just do well, I never steel, played Pokemon. fairy, dragon. Oh, seriously? Flying. That's an element? Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Or no, they're <laughs> types, but yeah. So going back to the whole jump command, I always thought there was like just this cool... like Something so you can, cinematic about it? Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but then you take your character out of the out of the game, it mm-hmm. can't be hit, but then you can't, also can't be healed. Yes. Like, I just, I love that... There's uh, a strategy associated yeah, with it. Yeah, reward. Sure. The risk-reward? Risk-reward out of it, yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to the Vikings. Oh, also, oh. they're a high attack class. So yeah, yeah. So they're, they're that was like their draw. So it was like a, a when they a, jump though. I mean, the draw it initially is the jump, but the mm-hmm. fact that they can still do a lot decent of decent damage, decent damage. Yeah. Well, comparatively speaking to the other classes, they're right. considered a DPS class. I always thought that they were closer to like the the warrior in terms of attack, except until they did jump. I don't. Well, they don't have very high defense, so that's why yeah. I would, that's why I put them. In. By the way, I, yeah, I don't really attack with them. I just so, jump anyway. So I talk a lot about three different archetypes. Um, there is, or maybe four. Um, so there's DPS, which is damage per second, right. and it's commonly associated with classes or jobs that do a lot of damage, and that's pretty much all their thing. Usually, you can almost put them in the the glass cannon category, mm-hmm. where they do a lot of damage and they can't really take any hits. Um, and that c- DPS can be everybody from magic users, uh, like a black mage, to uh, to a dragoon, um, which does physical attacks. Um, but then you have tanks. I guess that's how I should have broke it down. Oh, well. That's all good. Then you have tanks who take a lot of damage. They typically don't do a lot of damage, but sometimes you'll have tanks damage. that... Damage? Um, <laughs> sometimes you'll have... <laughs> that's funny. Um, sometimes you'll have tanks that actually have like this weird... Uh, they have like a ebb and flow thing where they can sacrifice their damage or they can sacrifice their defense to do more damage right. and then get their defense right back and do less damage, that kind of thing. So it's like it's, it's a strategy associated with being a tank. Um, and, and again, the tanks just take all the damage. Typically, they try to mitigate damage from from the attacks they take and they're like they act as a, as a sponge for the damage being right. taken by the party. And then you have, of course, healers who do a lot of healing damage um but that's their main thing they usually have low defense and they're usually back row characters which means that they're less likely to be targeted and less likely to be actually hit um so high evasion um typically high magic um i've seen some games that do this like really nice thing where they they're like you know what most healers are magic based but how about we do another healing or another type of healing and actually we'll get to that when we start talking about the magic quote-unquote magic oriented classes 
So let's let's bur- let's burn through. I'm just going to say the last four classes okay. for the physical. So there's a Viking that does provoke, which increases chance of being the chance of being targeted. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the one I was talking about. Yeah. So uh, just super quick, um, since we are going to run through them real quick. The Viking is high high attack, mm-hmm. medium defense. I believe their HP pool is about medium as well, but right. that provoke ability gives them the uh, the the actual direct manipulation of the targeting, which right. is not found in any other class. I don't believe. If only the monk had that. If only the monk and the Viking were combined together. <laughs> a Viking monk. I can see that. He got choked up over it. Yes. I I, um, I felt a little. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then uh, we have the Dark Knight, which uh, which is weird. In the NES version, it could cast. Uh, white magic one through three. Okay. No black magic. Yeah, that makes. Or maybe I did a typo, but maybe I don't know. We'll look at it at the break. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the DS version, they did the Soul Eater, which you sacrifice twenty five twenty percent of your health to attack all enemies. Beautiful which, ability. Yeah, which kind of became a staple. I think that became a staple after starting in four. Oh. The Dark Knight is another example of a class that actually, or is an example of the tank that I was talking about, mm. that is actually a high, it's a oh, high yeah, risk, yeah, yeah. high reward, right. sacrifice yourself yep. to do high damage, but you otherwise have good defense, so you're supposed to be taking the attacks, like the brunt right. of the attacks, but at the same time, you can sacrifice some of that, some of that, uh, I don't know, grace of having mm. all that health, that big health pool to do more damage to make your make that class not so <laughs> invalid or not right. so not so spongy if you will um i always like the dark knight class dark knights are cool i actually i like i like the ebb and cool. flow of playing a class like that and yeah. then kind of um there there's some games that have experimented with the dark knight archetype where they have it to where oh then they have an attack that you can do afterwards that absorbs right. health or something like that. So you can like get your health back eventually, but it takes a little bit of time and then you're left a little bit defenseless, those kinds of things. Um, when we get to the Final Fantasy 14 episode, the classes will be super duper fleshed out <laughs> and I'll, I could talk a lot about those. Um, <laughs> I'll but, just be your cheerleader during the episode. Like, yeah. yeah, this is awesome stuff. Fun stuff. Also, by the time we get there... Uh, I'll still not have played well, it. No, no, no. I'm, Never mind. I'm, I'm, I don't want to date the podcast. Actually, um, maybe. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so on to the next one. Yeah. So black belt? so the black belt. Um, so it has a like a build up boost attack, and so so that's one you can charge. So you'll right. you'll actually, and I think that's what I thought that Vance was doing. I thought it was like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that one you actually do um, the boost, and it builds up power, and you can do it uh, three times. And if you do it a fourth, you actually hurt yourself. Yeah. Actually, in the NES version, I think it's the, I think it's the third time. The third hurts you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, you just you just are double are building up your strength to unleash a a large attack. Actually, like Brave of the Default's almost kind of built around that a little bit. Yeah. No, all the charges thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next one is the Ninja, which has the ability to throw weapons. Right. Okay. So, real quick, let me go back to the black belt. Okay. We had mentioned earlier, and I didn't want to go too much depth about it, but that was like one of my most hated attacks or hated mm-hmm. abilities in, mo- in games that do that because I'm all about the economy of turn. Right. And I understand that you know some people are like, well, if I strategize this way, I can put, I don't know, I could put a shield on them while they're focusing, or maybe I can enhance their attack as well with some other attack while they're focusing. And mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of you strategize around it. But for me, I've always been like a focus attack seems. I can see like if you had gotten one attack 
and maybe the attack does less damage to make sure that your next attack does more damage. Right. I can see that because you're still doing damage. Mind you, because what happens if yeah. that person dies? Then you just lost the turn. Yeah, that too. Well, I mean, it, ha- it has to at the very least do like 2.5 damage. And then if you charge again, like five times damage or something right. like that. Right. And my thing, well, well, my thing for the for like a focus attack, if I was designing one for a game, my focus attack would do uh, 0.5 damage for the first attack. But then it, and it it ensures that the next attack will be 2.5 damage. Right. Now, you have a charge on. Or a charge on. That's funny. Um, <laughs> so, you have a charge on that character, right? right. So, that you know their next attack is going to be 2.5 damage. Okay. So, say, for instance, you wanted... You maybe were thinking the attack... Maybe we should have multiple charges. So, then the next attack does... Or what if you can use magic to do charge two? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I think, well, I think char- five does that. Oh, anyway. Go ahead. Um, so, then... So, your next attack does... One time damage, so just regular damage. But then that means that the next charged attack would do 2.5 damage. This is making sure that this person, as long as they attack three times with that ability, or maybe have that charge stick on there, and so right. they're doing that ability twice, they're doing a little bit less damage, or maybe they're saving it for a certain phase of a boss. A rainy day. Yeah, but it meets that, it, it still shows or it still ensures that the character has has done damage in this time frame and isn't completely useless, useless for three turns. And then whenever they unleash that last attack, if they wanted to, then I yeah. mean, it'd be cool. It'd be cool if it would combine the retaliate plus the, the boost together. Um, well, there's are certain attacks like that in Pokemon and stuff like that called bide. So mm-hmm. what happens is they actually, they defend, they, they pretty much curl up into a ball. They take as many attacks, as many attacks as they take, they deal damage back. Uh, percentage-wise of those attacks is usually like, like two times percentage. It's, but Pokemon works in a different way because it's one-on-one it's battle. so funny how like since I was just at that perfect age when Pokemon came out that like mm-hmm. it's still embedded in my head that Pokemon is so dorky. Yeah. But then like it's I, I know it's beloved. Yeah. Like Pokemon I mean if you're if you ever want to look for a study in um in in move and turn economics right which i refer to uh turn economics a lot because i i i design video game mechanics um but pokemon is probably one of the biggest like especially as the game has evolved the biggest study in that because you get abilities and you can only hold four abilities and those abilities you have to figure out a way to use them strategically because they are also based on charges as well right so you don't want an ability that doesn't do anything or that you waste a turn doing unless you have either another ability that benefits heavily from that. Like, you don't put yourself with hypnosis, which puts somebody to sleep, if you don't have an ability that benefits from them being asleep. Like, Dream Eater, which only does damage when they're asleep, but does a crap ton of damage. So maybe you have a build that's based on making sure they're susceptible to sleep so you can do a lot of damage to them. It's a whole like uh, it's a, that's a whole other discussion altogether. I actually think we'll do that's probably like a whole podcast. Uh, yeah, we could probably actually probably could be a whole podcast. We could probably talk about uh, we could probably start a mini series on just video game mechanics in general, um, which I really do want to do eventually. Um, what I really want is I want to like I want to hear from our audience like what they want this podcast to be because we could be anything, anything. Honestly, I mean, uh, we've, we've kind of like we kind of shook it up from season one big time, and 
very big time. Yeah. I like it though. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so you s- and then you also mentioned ninja, which is commonly referred to as the most overpowered class, and mm. commonly referred to as the only class you really want. You pretty much oh, just want to go all ninjas. Well, that one's like a. It's almost like a secret class. Yeah. So um, I think uh, I think you have to go through a special. Yeah, you have to go through a special dungeon to get that one in the sage. And then yeah, well, and then it does the. Uh, they do the throwing thing, um, which it's kind of iconic because the throw ended up getting used in a lot of other RPGs. It yeah. got used in a lot of um, following Final Fantasies. And then the shrinking just became iconic because of that. Because, I mean, we all like ninjas and we all like ninja stars. And the shri- Oh, you know what I was thinking about on the way here? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the ninja class. I can't believe the Assassin's Creed games haven't done... A Japanese like, one, yeah, with because ni- they're they are assassins, and it's so easy to say that the samurai are the Templar type because right. they really are. They're the honorable, law abiding. But if the law by law is corrupt, then the thing the is, samurai if, would be corrupt. If a if a if a if a if they haven't gotten the right writers to do it, then they probably no. I get do that it. part, and, and but it's you so, can tell they're taking a little I mean, bit had, more time to do these games, yeah. and so they're doing. I believe the next one they announced was a was a Viking one, and then I don't really know. I don't even know if they've announced it. They teased it in the division too. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. Anyways, we're a little right, off so the subject, but I think at this point, because we've been running a little long, um, can we take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about magic oriented jump? Do it. Weez bees back. Weez bees back. Weez bees back. All right, so back to the we're talking about the jobs again, and mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about the magic ones, and we're gonna burn through it a little bit quicker uh, because well, I mean, magic classes are pretty much just magic classes. Yeah. So you have the the white mage, which ends up turning into the devout, mm-hmm. and the black mage ends up turning into the magus, and really mm-hmm. only the difference is is when they turn into the, to the devout or the magus is they get higher they can have higher level magical skills actually i think the only difference between them is that the higher level ones or the the, the devout and the magus actually yeah. the only difference is they get access to level eight yeah level eight yeah that's all that's it um which i mean you have a rise and holy for white mage and then you have flare and meteor which right. are like I know iconic. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But it is, it does kind of seem like why would you upgrade? But then again, like what if you what if you spent fifty job levels in one job and then <laughs> in the white magic yeah, or white then, mage yeah and then and you, then you got and the then you have to go, and then you got to start from scratch again. Mind you, actually, I mean the more experience in the higher levels means that getting to that level might be a little bit quicker. But, but holy, so much cooler of an attack. Right. Actually, I don't even know if the white mage even has much of an attack before that. Anyway, they have arrow, arrow and arrow yeah, yeah. guy, or no, not arrow guy. Final Fantasy three, which we never spoke about because mm. we haven't gotten talking about magic. They introduced the all thing, so you can actually you can use a, a oh, skill, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you can just make that same skill do all, and it just splits the damage between right. everybody. Which game changer? I'm telling you, everything is a game changer. I didn't even think it splits it um, like evenly either. I think like. It's. I think it's like seventy five percent to everybody. Yeah. So which is not evenly. My game. Pretty, it's pretty cool. My game. It's even. Yeah. Um. I think I did that bec- for balancing reasons because if you use magic on somebody that's weak against that magic, then it does a lot more damage. So by making it split around, it actually makes it so you're not OP as a as a as a magic user. 
You just kind of, but you at do have an like advantage. Fifty-one percent. Hmm. Like if there's two, at least give them like fifty-one percent. No. I don't play that game. Fifty and a half. No. <laughs> okay. Fifty. Uh, Actually, then, it's not even fifty. It's split. If there's three characters, then it's thirty-three. No. Well, I was just saying, if there's two bad guys. No. Sorry. I don't do that. Uh, then you have the red mage, which uh, can use the black and white magic, um, and they, they just basically have half the ability of the white and black mage. They can only get up to level four, but they can also equip better weapons mm-hmm. and they can equip better armor. Exactly. Um, and then you have the evoker, which is the first time that you can summon monsters right. to attack. And then you have the summoner, which actually is kind of interesting in this one, like the evoker and the summoner, they have the same summons, mm-hmm. but when they, like if they do, um, like Bahamut or whatever. Yeah. Like if you're the evoker, it does like scratch. And then if you do summoner, it's like mega flare, which Did, is weird. Didn't this game actually do a thing where the evoker actually has like this weird thing that when you do summons, the evoker actually, the summon can do multiple abilities. Whereas the summoner does just straight damage. Like, uh, so if you did the Evoker and you use Chocobo, there's a chance oh, that the Chocobo yeah, 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 yeah. can give you Evoker, haste or something yeah, like can, that. Okay, that's right. So the Evoker is different than the Summer in the fact that um, there, you can do two different things. Kind of like... But it's random. Yeah, it's either like a white magic or a, or an attack, black right. magic. Okay, I told you. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. Actually, it's more like a blue magic type thing. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Depending, so blue magic. Depending on the actual thing or the actual summon that you is try it, to do. Is it blue magic? I really don't remember. It's blue basically, magic is, when, is the magic you get from monsters. Uh, so basically it would be like adding haste or casting slow on an enemy or act, yeah. doing protect or shield or something like and that. And usually it corresponds with the with the elements. So say, for instance, that you do, I don't know, a lightning-based thing, then it's possibility like it's you'll Ramu get haste. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. There's a possibility its enhancement will be haste, or maybe you do like Shiva. There's a possibility its enhancement will be, I don't know, magic defense or something. Yeah. And if you do Ifrit, the it would probably be attack. I mean, it's usually kind of those weird common sense things that you kind of associate with the elements and whatnot. And then I kind of I went so I I jumped over uh, from the red mage to the the summoners, but then uh, I forgot about the scholar, which is a weird class because it's a so weird what? What was that? The the scholar. You called it a a, a, a class. Oh, it's a weird class or job or whatever. It's a class. Class. Um, because you can you could scan, which mm-hmm. gives you the enemy Libra. weakness, but then you also peep, which gives you the enemy HP. Mm-hmm. And in the in the DS version, they could also use white and black magic levels one through three. Mm-hmm. Seems but like the, the scholar pointless. was a really important class for yeah. Final Fantasy three because there was a boss named Dean who you he switched his weakness and you needed Kane. to be able to Dean huh? Kane. The name Dean Kane. No. Okay. Um. Anyways. Uh, oh, he can switch. He switched his his defense, his weakness, and so you needed to use Libra to figure it out. Or Scan. he didn't, but yeah, but he had. But he at had the same time, like again, the game, like you were saying before, kind of forces you yeah. into certain. Into You're like, yeah, I get to use them once. Now this thing's like pointless. It is what it is. Also, another thing Final Fantasy three introduced, which I forgot about is the uh, mid-battle equipment switching. So you c- mm, if you yeah. had certain weapons, say, for instance, for the Scholar. The Scholar actually has books. I don't remember. Can you use magic, though? Like, or use an item that the, have an effect? Like in Final Fantasy IV, you can actually use an item, like a weapon, 
mm-hmm. you'll select that weapon you have equipped and it, like if it's the drain sword it'll if you use it it'll cast drain i don't think you could do that in three okay. yet um if anything in three it allowed you to actually switch your your weapons so say for instance you were you were uh Let's just go with the with the Dean example. So his weakness is water now, but you had your fire sword equipped. You can actually go. It doesn't use your turn at all. It's in kind of an instant action kind of thing, right? Like a bonus action, if you will. Um, and it's you can switch to your water sword, and then you can do your attack. Um, for the scholar, it was like uh, the scholar has multiple element books. So you have a fire book, a water book, mm, a lightning right. book, or whatever, and that would be the ideal thing. You right. would, you'd uh, you'd cast Libra, and then before your next turn starts, or before. Yeah, you would actually you'd switch your books and then you'd attack with that because the books actually did good damage, which is weird. You know what would be a convenient hmm. is if we hit like attack and give you like a list of your books. Maybe. Like magic. No. <laughs> okay. Um, so next one, uh, unless you had more to talk about those ones. No, no, no. So the next one is the, the Geomancer, which I actually, I don't know I why, love but I love the Yeah, I love yeah. the Geomancer. Mancer, Mantho. Um, I don't I don't know what I'm saying. Uh I loved it because you don't uh it doesn't teach MP to use their skills. Yes. The but, only problem is the Geomancer was a is a very environmental yeah. like situation based based kind of class, which kind of it was that weird thing where they introduced a mechanic that they just were kind of playing around with, you know? But they used it more like later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so their attacks are based on the terrain that you're currently fighting on. So if you're in a cave, it might be Earth, like earth-based attack, attacks. Yeah. If you're, I don't know, if you're in your ship, it might be more water-based attacks. If you're in a fire cave, it might be fire-based attacks, which can... Which renders them, renders them pointless if you're, you know, fighting In elemental-type places, yeah. Yeah. But... But also, I think that attacks come with status MP. effects. Yeah, there's that too. And I think... What three did is they didn't invalidate an ability, and I don't think they did absorb abilities either. So I don't think if you did fire damage to a fire monster, it absorbs the fire. I think it just does a lot less. So right. so technically, they could still do damage, and I believe most of their attacks were attack all. So that which was doesn't seem logical, which makes four on up um, more logical. True, but also, I I mean, it kind of makes it so you don't invalidate a character. I know, I know. And you don't invalidate a class. And I like that. Right. Um, I do design mechanics that absorb uh, absorb elements, but mm. I also, it's also a reward thing. So you know when you're trying, like what you're trying to do, and you know what these elements are. It's obvious what the elements you're using. And so you want to use the attacks that are more effective against them. Like I said, there's things where it says it's weak. There's things where it says it's absorbed. And there's things where it says it's effective. But yeah, so they're fun class. On to the sage, the best class in the game. Now, why is the sage OP? Oh no, I'm not talking about the sage. Oh my gosh, <laughs> freaking bard! <laughs> yes, um, but the bard is so dumb. Bard is like one of my favorite classes because I always feel like the bard has been like it's always the um, hated on. It, it is hated on, like Final Fantasy 13. Um, but it's just. And 12. Um, yeah. Oh, I was trying to think if there's a bard in 12 or 13. No, 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 I no, like, no, what? no. Um, I get what you're saying. Uh, but, like, it's one of those classes where I was talking about this earlier, and I wanted to talk about when we actually got to the class to talk about it, is that the bard occupies that weird space where it's an actual physical-based healer, which mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of games shy away in from. In the DS because version. Hmm? 
in the DS, in the DS version. version. Right. Well, I say physical based healer just in general because it's a class that doesn't, um, depending on what version of it is, typically doesn't have access directly to magic, and it's usually their quote unquote songs that right. actually make the do the healing abilities or that have the like I don't know the status, status buffs. Effect, and, yeah. And and I love I I mean I'm telling you I was designing a bard type class for for one of my games mm-hmm. and that's one of the big thing that I I was looking at. Well, was like, it called a bard? I think I actually did call it a bard. Ugh. Um, no, just well, the thing actually, is, the, the bard I, is introduced as somebody that just sings of other people's yeah. accomplishments. And if I personally think that the the bard when it has the sing or mm-hmm. the dancer, yeah, when it has like the the different dances, mm-hmm. I actually think those are good characters right and if you actually if you think about it the bards and the dancers with their their uh party buffing abilities are similar to what became later known uh or uh, later more attributed to the paladin archetype which tend to give auras and 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 encouragements to the party and stuff so it's kind of the same thing (laughs) but it's done but it's done in a in a very i don't know to me it's felt it felt so uh, normal for a paladin to do right. that, whereas the the bard just it's 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 abnormal, but it's nice. It's like it's that weird. It's the flavor of of a bard like playing a harp, or and again, I don't want to get too much into it, but in Final Fantasy fourteen, the bow that they that a that a bard actually uses because a a bard is an upgrade from an archer in Final Fantasy fourteen, right? Yeah, sorry, I just thought of. Uh... The bard in my my story with the mushroom shaped hat. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, wow. Uh, so so the bard in Final Fantasy fourteen is an upgrade for the archer, right? So the archer actually has a a a bow, and if you think about it, the shape of a bow, is similar to what if you put more strings in it, similar to a harp, right? Mm-hmm. So they actually play that way, where the the uh, the bow itself. It occupies two different things. It can actually be used so you can sing songs, you can, you, or you can play songs and stuff on your on your bow. But you also do damage as well. Right. And they can buff, and they can also do. They're actually a DPS class. They look but, so. They look so funny too. Like they do regular attack, and then it just has little musical notes. Like oh yeah, and then they, they do the little Literally. prance around thing, and, yeah, they, like, and I love it. Again, it's it looks so silly. it's a flavorful class. I, I think that's why it. I've I always loved bards. Um, also, so, Final Fantasy fourteen really solidified uh, that for okay. me. So you want to know what they did in the NES version? What did they do? Okay, so one of their one of their abilities was scare. Okay, which this reduces the level or eventually causes an enemy to run away. Okay, which actually sounds kind of interesting. They use that. The the reduced level mechanic, I think oh, more. Maybe, oh, I wonder if they have a song in the DS version that does that. Um, in the DS version, depending on what harp you're using, I think it changes your song. Because there's very yeah, yeah, few, yeah, there's yeah. very That's little right. equipment yes. for the bard, yes. but every every uh, harp or every musical instrument they have determines their their new status ability. Right. And then another one they have is cheer, which boosts the ally's physical damage, which mm-hmm. works well with the black belt. You know, as they charge and everything. Right. So, hey, you're not losing a turn. Mm-hmm. Plus, a, a party buff is more economical than a single buff, in my opinion. Mind you, all the only thing you have to do to that mechanic, because it is a party buff, you have to lower the effectiveness of it because now it's everybody. See, so for me, buffs always seem so pointless because I always thought that it was pointless to lose these turns. But I guess it all goes to 
a play style. You know? Also, it's roles. Yeah. So if your healer is doing buffs, it's okay because you're not expecting to attack. Right. If your if your uh, if your paladin is doing buffs, yeah. they need to be able to attack while they're doing it. If your if your if your monk is doing buffs, then uh, usually they're not doing buffs to the party. But if mm. they are doing buffs, well, they're doing buffs themselves. Buffs themselves. But if they're doing buffs to the party, then maybe you can justify it. Right. But even then, your party's not going to consist of everybody that's doing regular attacks, and a monk would probably buff regular attacks. So does they is that economical to even have a party buff for everybody to raise their attack when half your people are magic users? Well, yeah, it, it only. If- it only boosts physical attacks. Right. So. so, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they if you gave a monk a party buff, it would have to be something like a like a defense buff or, or a magic defense buff because otherwise, buffing themselves as well as everybody else, it only does... That's only effective for the people who also attack like they do. Yeah. Again, economy of turn. So, moving on from the Spoonie Bard... Awesome Bards. <laughs> uh, to the Sage and... Honestly, the Sage is basically just an OP magic user. It can use yeah. it it has the same ability as the Vout and Mag Magus. It can use the highest level black and white magics. And it can also do summons, although it can only do the evoker summons. It can't do the most powerful summoner. Yeah, the summons. straight attack damage summons. Yeah. yeah. So also the the way that they <coughs> The way that they actually prevent that from being uh, super OP mm. is they still only have three slots per level. Right. So you have to choose. But the another thing, <laughs> the biggest thing about those three slots is that typically there's one healing spell per slot. Yeah. For the white mages, and everything else is status effects, yeah. or one attack uh, spell. I mean, maybe. and I get that you have a limit on white. All and, you can uh, use, yeah, like and, the amount of uses, and that, that's the next thing. So, say for instance, it's level three gives you Cura, but also but, gives you for Black Magic gives you Thundera, Blizzard, and Fire. Yeah. Now you got to pick which one you're going to use, yeah, or do that. you even want Cura? Well, you just have two Sages. I mean, that's the idea. The no idea point. is to make one Black Mage or one Black Sage and one one White Sage. Yeah, but then if you have Magic to, Sage, you know, when it comes to that person's turn, if you have, to, well, it doesn't have ATB, so yeah. Hmm. I think that's one of the few drawbacks of that I didn't like about three is the uh, it's it's pre ATB which hmm. is active time battle which means that turns occur whenever you select select the attacks um, and so when you start a a round in that game you just choose all of your attacks for all your characters right. and there is a random number generator that favors like the agility, agility of that yeah of that character to position them position their initiative in the battle or in that within that round. So say for instance, all your party members have 32 agility, the random number generator will say above or a certain number above and beyond or, and, and below 32 they, and then they will do the same thing with all your enemies. So you have an enemy that has 27 and you have an enemy that has, um, 28, 28. So let's just say that the above and beyond bad is, numbers, right? Um, the above and beyond is three. So every one of your party members has a chance to roll a twenty-nine to thirty-five, mm-hmm. 
and then they just put all those everybody gets their initiative numbers i'm basing this a lot on like D D mechanics so if you understand that it, it yeah. makes a lot of sense um seeing behind the code exactly um then they arrange all of those in in the order and then that's how the the turns go from there the only way to interrupt any of that is like casting status effects. If you if you're higher in the initiative order and then you cast stun and then suddenly that person drops out of the initiative order because right. they can't attack that turn. Um, That's how Grandia worked. Yeah, but Grandia also worked on a very like a nice sliding scale yeah. that showed you that. And three is definitely like you predetermine your round right, before right, it right, starts, right. and I never never really liked that too much. I do like some of the strategy aspects that are associated with it, but it definitely if oh, so hard to work with <laughs> yeah so Too much randomness so we're gonna take a a quick break as we actually get into story and kind of we're going to talk about story and kind of some of the games first we're going to close it out after that sounds good to me cool okay so i know this is a podcast and we talk a lot but Somehow David talks a lot, a lot. <laughs> Outside back. of the podcast? <laughs> 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 then we get to the podcast, I'm like, um, yeah. No, I actually, it's actually talk a little a lot. bit true. Well, you definitely talk a lot, but yeah. that part's actually a little bit true. All right. So, uh, can you name all the all four main characters? In the DS version? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is Refia. Really? Refia? Oh. Refia. And Come on. Nope, that's all. Huh. So there's Lunith, Ark, and Ingus. Dang it, I said Luna, but I knew I knew that wasn't right. What a dumb name Ingus. Freaking Ingus. <laughs> <Dingus. laughs> <laughs> um Is that the part you had uh blanked out? Yeah, because it's oh. fun asking you if you remember all the names. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um so just like uh, so, we're talking about the story now, and uh, just like Final Fantasy One, uh, there's kind of a even though this story is actually based around this in Final Fantasy One, it was just kind of like a thing, but there was an ancient advanced civilization in this game, mm-hmm. and this ancient advanced civilization civilization uh, used these light crystals to advance their civilization further, mm-hmm. but then they used it too much, mm-hmm. and there was just like flood of light engulfed all the land mm-hmm. and then they made the warriors of darkness to bring balance mm-hmm. <laughs> probably one of the and what i think we we have an episode scheduled to talk about those things but i will definitely go more into this whole idea of words of darkness and warriors yeah, of light being a, we like will a, yeah uh, a nice little contrast that is actually our next uh podcast is uh the balance between light and dark Yes. Oh man, I have uh, so much to talk about that. Really? Also, I'm going to bring up Final Fantasy 14. Um, hey, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Hey, <laughs> hey when I explain this stuff to you, you're going to be like, "Whoa, whoa!" Actually, I watched the trailer like uh, was like a month ago or so of the Shadowbringer thing. It it's looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. pretty cool. Um, okay, so it's very different though than anyway. Uh, well, that's what they're saying. It's supposed to redefine the game. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, and then. Um, so the Warriors of Darkness, they bring back the balance and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, since there was a flood of light, where they took it the other direction, then there's a flood of darkness. And now the crystals need it. Warriors the of Light. swings. Yeah. Right. And now the Warriors of Light are made 
to restore the balance. Right. And the crystals are all in charge of this. Yeah. They they will always find the people that are needed to balance the light or the dark. Mm. Which, again, it's like one of the... Again, I, I'm going to say it time and time again for this game. There are the framework and like all of the yeah all of them all the meaty bits for well i mean for final is, fantasies going forward it's still like here. a fleshed out version of part one and with you know it really is like part one and two right but i i don't know i felt like those were all like uh like like the three little pigs think about like you know first <laughs> yeah. one built it out of straw the first mm. the second one shoot what did the second one build it out of straw then wood yeah second one built it out of wood and then now the third one was like bro Let's just put some bricks down. You know what I'm saying? And Big Bad Wolf came and tried to knock it over. And he just had no luck. Because <laughs> it's just so solid. Three is a solid game. Mm-hmm. It has... Okay, we all have our flaws. But, you know, the brick house sure, had windows. It, you could break through Final the windows. Fan, I get Final it. Final Fantasy 3 is a brick. I get it. I feel like maybe you're insulted. You can't see and the facial expression slowly. I just made. But I, I, don't, I don't like when people be talking about Final Fantasy <laughs> Anyway, so the one is funny because so they're talking about the flood of light, the flood of darkness, and everything. Mm-hmm. You want to know what one of the sages' names is? What Noah? Oh, except that's for a, that's a big story point, though. Yeah, except for Noah's a, a dick. Oh, no, well, I say it's a big story point in that. Um, are we actually fully explaining the story? Or are we just doing the basis? We'll just do the basis. Uh, I think we kind of spoiled two because there just wasn't as much to talk about in two. I feel like okay. I feel like I'm going to write in the thing that it's spoilers regardless. This is an old game in okay. 2006 at least. And I'm not going to go like fully into like the details of the story because there's really not much details there to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of uh, the Warriors of Light going around fixing things. And right. as they fix things, they encounter progressively bigger conflicts. Yeah. And I think one of the funnest things, and again, I'll say spoilers in case you really haven't played the game or you really want to play the game. By the way, you can purchase the game on DS. You can purchase the. I think PSP. it's actually on, huh? PSP. I had no freaking clue it was on. I PSP. I didn't know it was on PSP either. Yeah. Um, you it's can. It's the DS version, but like a little bit better looking. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I think you can purchase it on the Nintendo eShop for like the for like the Wii or not for the Wii for the for the Switch maybe. Three ninety nine. I did not know that. Offer. Limited time offer. For reals? No. Oh, okay. Um, and then you can get it on Steam and iOS and Android and everything. We're not advertising for that. I'm just letting you know in case you think that we're going to spoil it and you Enix, really want to play it. Square Enix, if you think we are advertising, you for know, you know what we need. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that being said, I am going to be spoiling some things. So you're playing this game. You start off on this on this continent. And you just think of it as a continent, right? Oh, wait, then, wait. So before you get into that part, I want to talk about how it starts off, which I just think it's a little bit funny. You fall in a hole? Well, okay. <laughs> so there's a giant earthquake that buries the light crystals, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's like a small little earthquake that opens that crack. And, and then, then you fall through. And they fall through. And then that's how you get to the the, the wind crystal, which mm-hmm. I think is funny. That and you fight a giant turtle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's and weird. you're just some little kid. Yeah. Or in the Famicom version, you're four little kids. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Um, so, oh, I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. So in the Famicom version, you start off with all four characters. Mm-hmm. And in the DS version, they actually wanted to add a little bit layer, more a layer to the actual characters. So they added story and they made it to where you have to find the other characters and eventually you team up with them. And everybody has their 
they're very surface motivations that are almost fulfilled immediately. So technically, they don't even be, be in your party anymore. Mm-hmm. But of course, now we're the Warriors of Light. So we, we have, we're all little kids that suddenly figure out we need to save the world. Because some so crystal, some disembodied voice told us that we need to. Yeah. Um, and, I listen to disembodied voices. Yeah. And all these adults can't fix their own problems. So I have to go <laughs> kill, you know, fire genies and... And, and go resurrect kingdoms and, and save them from curses that they brought upon themselves because they're stupid. And then, yeah, anyways. And then, of course, I'm also entrusted to drive this giant airship into a rock and then it explodes. And the engineer, the only thing he has to say is, whoops. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, we should be able to just blast right through this boulder. And then it blows up your ship. And he goes, well, I guess that didn't work. Let's go. Let's go back. Let's go talk to my wife. Let's go walk around. Yeah. Anyways, so, so I'm glazing over certain parts of the story, yeah. but it's because they're not important. And then I'll say one last part, and then mm-hmm. actually it feeds right into what you're about to talk about. Okay. So in part two, you could pretty much the probably like seventy-five to eighty percent of the map is accessible right from the get-go. You'll probably die yes. if you try going there, but yeah. it's still accessible. Um. But then in this game, go ahead. So in this game, they kind of give you, they give you a ship. They block you off from going certain places. Right. You can walk certain places. You finally get past a certain point in the game where one of your characters sacrifices themselves um, for you to get to certain. So, so how do they a sacrifice himself? This is an NPC. Yeah. By the way. This he is... just jumps into a freaking lava thing. <laughs> Like he jumps into this infernal engine, if you will, for for a tower, which you fu- okay. So one of the things I think <laughs> I didn't recognize so until I got older was that that tower that you go into, the tower of Nod or whatever, or Odd or whatever it's called, Zod. Zod. It might have been Zod. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, you go into that tower, and what you find out that that tower is actually just the tip of a tower, right? Which. I didn't recognize that until I played it recently. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's how this all works. Anyways. Which, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, And so, yeah. So, you do all that. You get a... But then it sounds familiar to uh, another game. Right. No. In the series. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, anyways. So, you... Oh. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, connections. Um, so, okay. So, I'm going to skip forward. You get an airship eventually, right? Mm-hmm. And you can finally... Uh, another airship that Sid builds for you, I believe. And then so you can finally get off of this continent and go explore the world just for you to find out that this is all a floating island, but not necessarily floating. It's an island being balanced on that the tip Stilt. of that tower. Yeah. To hold this whole thing up. And it's all this advanced civilization that you were talking about that built this thing up here, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was like crazy because when you go off the edge of that island it just goes, it makes that noise that every time a door opens or closes, it goes, ah! oh, different noise, my bad. Uh, yeah. And you just go off the island and suddenly it's like the island is just this little thing floating above a huge world. You have a huge overworld, like he was saying. Suddenly you have access to 85% of the world. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And then you find out that, you know, 40 days and 40 nights happened and now the world's flooded. And so then you have to go to, now, so you have the water crystal. You have the fire crystal, and then the next one is the. Is I thought the, you were talking about the Josh Hartnett movie. Hmm? Oh no, no for <laughs> Noah. Is that for, what it is for? I know, I know. Is that what it is though? Forty days, forty nights. 
Is that the name? Of, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, so you, I think, so we have the wind crystal, we have the fire crystal, and now we're gonna go get the water crystal to to deal with some of this flooding. Um, isn't that what it, like? Because isn't, isn't the there's a big fog there? Isn't that have to do with the water crystal? I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. Um, because I'm not back to that point in the game currently. Right. And then after that, then you get the earth crystal, but you get the earth crystal from uh, shoot, 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 shoot. I can't remember who you get the earth crystal from. Dang it. I think it's that dude that like was following you as a shadow and then he's like, I got that's the other the horn. That's the fire one. Oh, that's the fire one. Okay. Yeah. Because um, that's the, he turns into salamander, which I'm having too much trouble with. As I feel like I should do that. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those stories that like, you're just like, oh, oh, really? But then the DS version, like they started to flesh out a couple things and the the ghost or the the priestess or princess or whatever in for that's guarding the water crystal mm-hmm. is like an actual character now and she she makes sense to be there and, she, and like instead of just like oh get the water crystal and you're like <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll do that um now this game infamously ends or infamously progresses to bigger and bigger and bigger just for it to go so here's the thing that you didn't know happened. It didn't really actually happen, and you're gonna fight this boss. That like that's how this the the yeah. end of the game goes. Well, then Pl- they also hint that like your characters are from another planet, and then Sid found you, and and then he didn't want to take care of you, so he was just like, "Here you go. Here, I'll just divvy it out to these people." Uh, I think they hint towards that in the DS version, maybe, but mm. definitely in the original version, it was just your warriors of light. You're here to balance. Um, which is, that's a weird little background story. And I yeah. do not remember, I don't remember much of that at all. From the Diaz? Yeah. Oh. I, I felt like it was so background for me that mm. I just didn't, I, I'm mechanics, 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 mechanics. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I'd said yeah. it earlier in the podcast, but the thing that drew this game back is the, and story wise is first that you felt like none of the things are really connected to each other. It was just monster, monster of the area, boss of the area kind of thing. And then mechanics wise, there was no save points. And the last dungeon did that thing where it's like, okay, dungeons are getting progressively bigger. But then instead of being, you know, one, 1.1% bigger than the last dungeon, it was 15 times bigger than the last dungeon. Mm -hmm. And there's no save points. 15 times the boss battles. Well, not probably oh, not that no, much. But. It's 15 times the boss battle because I think once you get to a certain level of the Crystal Tower, you start fighting all the bosses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, but they're like lesser versions mm-hmm. of the bosses. And, oh, like, gosh. And then the boss, this is the one, I think this is the first one where like the, like the last in, boss in, has multiple forms. I think the last boss, the Cloud of Darkness, has one form, but then some of the bosses in there have multiple forms. It's man. Talk about and what like happens a crazy if you die? Progress. If you die, you have to start all over because there is no save point. It's like the, it's one of those games that are so frustrating because it's so good leading up to, and then that final one. Um, uh, there's an uh, article that you uh, put in here about. Uh, I think it was from Kotaku again, mm-hmm. um, and he was talking about how several people, including himself, gave up on the game after that because yeah, I gave up. Like I said, there's if if I had actually. If I had a game genie, yeah. I would have beat this game. But I put the game down. Grind. I put the game down for a couple of months, but I uh, or for a couple of weeks, and then I went right back to it though because I'm, I because I loved that game so much that I was like, okay, I will go out and grind. And the thing is, at that point, 
you just go, you grind, and then you come back out. You go, you grind a little bit further, you come back out, that kind of thing, using your teleport spell. Um, so just so you know, to beat them, the last one, just have two ninjas and two sages, and you'll be good. I don't like that. I, want, I, I, was, like, I was a fan of keeping my party makeup the way I liked it and figuring out the strategy for ensuring that that makeup would actually do the thing. And then you I, game I tested... No, I've never game Jenny that game. Have 99 Excaliburs that you can throw. No. <laughs> Did you do that? No, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> so that's about the story. It's literally just like Warriors of Light, Warriors of Dark, and then you're the Warriors of Light. Now you're here to balance this. The, the... Oh, there is the cool part. It, I think this is this one where uh, you get to the end and you are struggling to defeat the end guy, but then the Warriors of Darkness come and help you out. And then they die, but then they bestow their powers on you. I really don't remember that, but okay. I don't know. I'm, I think... I hope I'm not getting this confused with two. That's a possibility, but that I might don't know. Be. It's okay. Uh, it is okay. Um, but if you want to know the real ending, you can look it up on YouTube, or you can yeah. play it yourself. It's, it's a really good game. Yeah. But um, you don't need to beat it, though. It's not you really like... Don't. I, I, you do. But you should play it. You I, should. I it's think a you should really play it. good game. Yeah. It's one of those ones where... Because we, we said this in every Final Fantasy It really Fantasy is so a far. weird one in that aspect. Yeah. It's one of those games where I think you should play it, but beating it is not a necessity, but it's a challenge worth taking on. Yes. Yes. So, getting into... And I would play the DS version. That's the recommended version of the game. I would play the PSP version. Because Sony's better. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I play the DS version. I actually have Nintendo and Sony probably on on the same pedestal. Um, Same here. So, uh, some of the first of the series... uh, This is the first one we have Moogles. Oh, yeah. I only remember them, though. The, I didn't remember them much at all, but but when you get in the DS version, they started the Mognet thing. So if oh. you talk to certain Moogles, you get certain mail, and eventually Gosh, I think... I hated that about 9. Yeah, it's a weird thing. But again, it's a callback to yeah. a previous thing, so... So it also had, the first one, the Fat Chocobos, which yeah. are weird. Because they store all... they. It was like that weird thing where... I don't. I think maybe the Famicom version actually had a limited inventory, mm-hmm. and I think that's why you needed them. Right. Um, but later, weird it, the DS version didn't have that, so they still included them, but it didn't wasn't necessary to mm-hmm. store any of the items. And weird. maybe for some people, it was just like I don't like the clutter. I don't want to have to scroll. Through well, it might stuff. be the limit in uh, in memory. So like they might have assigned because you know the limit's two fifty five. So mm-hmm. it could have been like you have a limit in your inventory of two fifty five, but then they can have this. Fat Chocobo have another 255. Right. So, um, so this is also the first, obviously, and it, sorry, this, and it had cool music. Um, this is also the first one to have the job system, as we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, technically, the first one had the first uh, the job system, but it was on, you couldn't choose. You after can the, choose. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once you got it, yeah, good point. You had an exchangeable job system, right? Uh, this first one to have hit points and healing points pop up above the enemy and player. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is the one with special battle commands with like, you know, the jump and steal and all that. Mm-hmm. Which the, I'm is, telling you, playing huge, around with mechanics. Yeah. Yeah, huge step in the in the series. Uh, well, with that, you know, obviously, it's the first one to have summons. Um, Beautiful summons. And we kind of talk about this too, like history repeating itself. You know, the whole bringing balance in, between the light and dark. Mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of a that's been kind of a theme for some of them. Um, oh, 
It's the first one with an underwater vehicle. Submarine. You had a submarine? Oh, you just sure did? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this game had a lot. You know what the first, the very, the most important thing that this was the first you could do? Um, hold on, hold on. It's probably going to be something stupid. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Playing pianos. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're just talking about going up to it? And yeah, just you just pressing go the to button? it and oh, it okay. plays a little tune, which I think in, in one of them, I think in five, like you get a special item if you play the piano in each town. That's pretty cool. Like that. I really don't remember. Um, I do like that uh, in the DS remake of this game, they added the uh, the zoom in system, so you get to like zoom in and you can see sparkles on certain items. So you oh can yeah, yeah, yeah. Open up secret passages that way, or see items that have, or like a barrel that has a has a has an item in it. So it's do you call cool. it? Do you call it a Geisel greens? I'm pretty sure I've referred to it in my head as Gishel greens. <laughs> so fun. So me and him have. When we see the, like, how do you say scimitar? Scimitar. And then we looked it up and we're both wrong, but whatever. What is it? I don't remember. Scimitar. 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 I okay. don't remember. Uh, but this is the first town, that, or there was a town in this game uh, called Geisel. Mm-hmm. So that was the first of that. Geisel. Um, I guess this game was, like, just completely filled to the brim. like With everything the that they would use from, from this point on. Yeah. No, I mean, like... Because they probably added like extra chips and stuff to, to throw all the stuff they, they wanted into this game. Oh, well, this is also the first game that maximized the console. It was like, yeah. them, saying, it's like them saying, we've already learned how to program for this. And then let's do all the things. Because if you look at it, 3 did it, 6 did it, mm. 9 did it, mm. 12 In did it. In ways they did, 9 well, they, was... they added more content to 9 than yeah. any of the previous ones, and then the the polygon count was higher. I think that might be the weakest of the of the best, of or the end of the console. Yes, of course. Yeah. 12, which they literally said... Yeah, how they changed can... it up completely. Yeah, 12 was like, how can we burn out to the PS2? Um, because all the special effects... Have you played 12. Like, all the special effects when mm-hmm. something happens and, like, the, there's the extra shadows, there's, like, that weird, like, thing well, where, just, like... just it, the fact that it's, a, it's completely 3D. Like, yeah. you can turn the camera around and everything. That's... Oh, yeah. 10 didn't even have that. That's funny. Yeah, 10 didn't have that. I'm not uh, even sure. Did 13? 13 did have camera rotation. Limited, though. I don't remember. Camera, it did. I'm playing... I'm still playing it right now. Okay. Um, and then, uh... If you had a Wonder Swan, okay, there wasn't a remake for it. <laughs> they were oh. starting to make it, but that, do you know what the? I don't even know what the Wonder Swan is. Is that a, a handheld device? I have no idea, man. That's, I don't remember it. It's all you. It's maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a, a short episode on what the Wonder Swan is. That sounds really boring. I mean, yeah, it could we'll be a thirty second one. Could be exciting. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so the end this off this so this. Final Fantasy Three has sold 3.3 million copies between the original and the DS remake, which well, is sounds kind of small. It doesn't to me. That's crazy for an old game like this. Like, I mean, like Persona Five. I think they've sold like 1.7 million, and they're like, yes. Well, I guess compared comparing to that, I guess, but still. That's I mean, a hefty amount. It really is. I know, but you have one generation that was going to buy it regardless because of 
it's the sequel to Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's another two, Final or Fantasy it's game. Not, or not sequel, but it's the next in the series. And then you have another. Then you they got two generations, and then you got another that generation mean... that goes, "Ooh, we've never gotten this one before." Yeah. And so it's people who were up to Final Fantasy. Let's see, two thousand two thousand six. Um, so by now we're Final Fantasy eight or nine now. Mm-hmm. Or no, we might In even two thousand six. No, we're like. We're ten. We're PS two. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you got all the, this new generation goes. Oh my gosh! This is the Final Fantasy I never got to play. Yeah. And so yeah, they're gonna go buy it in mass. Um. And it's for DS, which was one of Nintendo's uh most famous consoles. Or Final uh, Fantasy ten came out in two thousand one. Wait. So when did this come out? Or what about twelve? Let's see. Um. Same time as twelve. Okay, so it came out when twelve. So That's literally, crazy. probably after twelve. And it, and it's one of the one of the big games for DS. Like it's yeah. like, oh hey, look, this is the first time we're ever going to remake uh, an old an old two D game into three D, mm-hmm. and they did it well. And then they followed it up with the so game we'll talk about next month, Final Fantasy Four. Four. And they redid. I mean, shoot, yeah, we'll talk a lot about four because you got a lot to say about that. I have a little bit to say. Um, yeah. So overall, I already gave my opinion about uh, whether or not you should play it, um, and and where you should play it. What is what is your what is your opinion on that? Oh, I de- I definitely think you should play it. Um, it, it's it's definitely a fun game. Do you really think you should play it on PSP? No, I don't know. I never played it on PSP. DS is fine. It totally works. Um, actually, at this point, you can just play it on Steam. Right, and, and that's can, what that's what I've been playing. Yeah, on. you can get a mod to get rid of the crappy um command menu even though you like yeah, it because it's like the touch command yeah menu it looks like touch screen or whatever um, but it's fine i will say this so we are going to be talking about final fantasy 4 next month mm-hmm. and i've never played this game as analytically i've only played it for fun so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting for me to look at it analytically so i'm kind of excited sweet what do we have planned for next week next week we are going to talk about as we said we're going to talk about the balance between light and dark and it's a bit of a storytelling uh, podcast. Okay. Just, but we're very. It's gonna be a very focused one. Because I know um, in their first season when we did storytelling, it was very broad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I kind of feel like it was our intro into. Yeah, I think we just didn't know what storytelling could be. Well, I'm in the producer. I guess I just didn't really know where I wanted to go with it. I just knew yeah. I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, but we're a lot more more topic focused now, yeah. and I think it's gonna be. It'll be a lot more fun. Um. So. Any any kind of uh, any kind of overview of what the the light and dark thing will be about? <sighs> you, well, did you say the balance of light and dark? This is the balance between light and dark, and that's just a that, so basically it's taking the very basic structure of light and dark and storytelling, good versus evil, you know. Okay. And ha- kind of how that's evolved, and then after that, we're going to talk about um, actually it's it's actually called. Well, I don't know if I named it, but it's perception and D and D alignments, and then it's just kind of that's the week after. That's the week after, and it's kind of taking uh, what we learned from the the balance between light and dark, and then kind of expanding on on that in branching off from how well black and white talking about black and white is to mm-hmm. shades of gray to, to all the gray in between, the yeah. ambiguity and everything. So ambiguity, ambiguity 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 well you can tell the words are starting to get hard and i think it's time to close up this episode yeah um we didn't expect to talk this long about this game 
Um, it was much, much easier to talk about this game than Final Fantasy 2. Yeah, so... Um, that being said... I can't believe this is one of our longest Season 2 podcasts. How did that happen? Yeah. Game of Thrones was pretty long. Was it? Yeah. Hmm. About the same length. Um, on that note, I do want to close this this episode out, because I am hungry. I'm hungry, Um, too. Yeah, right? Um, so, if you want to find me on the Twitters, I am at Finrubane, F-Y-N-R-I-R-B-A-N-E. And David, where are you at? I'm at MVG Dave, and honestly, like if you, I, I really want to know your opinions of our podcast. Um, if you want to DM me, it's not like we have this super popular podcast where I'm getting flooded all the time. Just tell me, tell me if uh, if you like what we're doing, if you'd like us to switch some stuff up. Um, we've thought we thought about like making a little bit shorter podcasts and and more throughout the week. Just t- just just give us your thoughts. What do you like? What do you dislike? And if you don't have the Twitters, you can also email us at nvgpodcast at gmail.com. But if you don't have Twitter, you should probably get a Twitter. Because yeah, yeah. I like Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Certain sectors of Twitter are great. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Until next time. Yeah, closer to that. <laughs>